0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. So this week's passage of the It begins with the lighting of the menorah. Aaron HaKoyen is is uh, commanded to light the menorah. A little Muslim word to me myself. So it says, When you're going to bring up the, can, the, the candles... Opposite the menorah, so you're going to light the menorah. So she really said, not when you're going to light the candles, not when you're going to bring up the candles. Whoever said, you should go bring up candles. What does that mean? So, the you know, say that it would be a very big night, it would be very, um, be very not nice if he lights the, can, the, the, the candle up, he lights the menorah, and it goes out. So he had to hold the match, the fire, not the match, the fire, on the wick until the wick totally lit itself up, and then he took it away, so that way it wouldn't go out, because it would be a very big busha, if the menorah of the light went out. So, it's brought down that, a Rebbe, a teacher, so, it, it, ner is compared to a uh, neshama, right? How do you know that a ner is compared to a neshama? It says, ner neshama. What's special about a ner, that can compare to a neshama? So, their fire is the one thing that goes opposite Physics, because in this world we know you have um, um, gravity. Gravity pushes everything down, right? When you go to space, everything floats. In this world, gravity pushes everything down. A candle, right? It's always going up, not being pushed down, going up. This water is not going up. The bottle's not going up. My paper's not going up. The desk is not going up. If I lit a, if I should have burned a match tonight, if I lit a candle, the flame is always going up. It's going opposite gravity. Okay, if you take the candle and you turn it over, it's still going up. It's not gonna, you're never gonna, it's not gonna ever face down if it's real. It's not gonna face down, it's gonna, it's gonna end up burning your hand. It's gonna end up going up. So, fire defies a lot of the properties in physics. It defies gravity. On top of that, one of the theories in physics is the theory of displacement. What is the theory of displacement? That means oh perfect. See, yeah, we're all prepared. That means if I displace half this cup of water, this will become less. Okay? So if this was full of sand and I took and I want to make this cup half a sand, then displacement. You take from one, put it in another, the original one loses volume. It's a theory in physics. It's true. It's a fact. In anything that if you have tissues, and you have 50 tissues, you take out 25 tissues to put it in another box. The first box is only going to have 25 tissues. So that's called the theory of displacement. The one thing that fights the theory of displacement, that's an element. I'm not giving you a, a class in physics, I'm not trying to show you that I'm smart. I just prepare for the year, I'm not, I don't know much about physics. Right? But what are the, what are the things that's an element? Fire, right? If you take a candle and you light a thousand candles from it, the original candle loses no fire. So it goes against the theory of displacement. You could, in fact, you could take a spark of fire and light up a million acres of woods, and make a fire. So the, the, the original could be smaller than the final. You understand? So, so fire is the one thing that does not have the theory of displacement. You can light, 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 light from now forever, a million lights or two million lights, and the first light's still gonna have the same amount of light. So that's everybody. Anishama, Anishama, is always pulling up. It always it defies gravity. It's always reaching for Shemayim. It's always pulling up. It always wants to be connected to Shemayim. At the same time, you can teach Torah to a million people, and it's totally against the theory because when a person teaches Torah, he ends up learning more than he gives. I can tell you, there are times I've come to give a share. In fact, last night I had a very beautiful Dvart that I'm going to say tonight. But during the share, a second Dvart that I didn't have prepared came to mind. So so many times, You're teaching, you end up walking out of the room with a lot more, and any teacher will tell you that, with a lot more than you came prepared with. So so it's mamas like fire. So you don't lose, the, the Rebbe who's teaching Torah, or the Moro who's teaching Torah, doesn't lose anything and you can teach a thousand people that, that, that Pasek. A thousand people learned that Pusik? Did you lose the Pusik? No. So that's a Nishama. Ner Nishama. This is a very beautiful Torah. When you help someone else, when you light a candle, when you help another Nishama, you, you gotta stick with them till you see their growth. I remember when I first opened Ornava, and we said we're gonna help girls, one of the girls turned to me and said, but yeah, Rabbi, you're going to take me to the finish line. I said, the finish line? It's not a race. What's the finish line? She said, for the rest of my life. Are you guys going to be there? I said, the chuppah, like when you're married, because then you know your husband takes care of you. She says, yeah, but I want to be able to still come to Arnava, I still want it, right? So she, she was like, don't just give me chizik and then leave, my, leave me. And many people, many people feel this in seminary you know, in Eretz and some of you girls, I don't know who's here or who's not here, We went to seminary this year, you come back from every day, Yeni, Chizik, Yeni, Chizik, Yeni, Chizik, and you come to America, and you try to reach your teachers in Israel, and you, <laughs> you can't reach them, because now it's next year already, and they're busy with the other kids, and you feel very cut off. Like, I had this Chizik, and this, like, flame? And then, hello? The reason we opened Lornava was specifically for seminary, post-seminary girls. Originally, 17 years ago, when we opened this place up, What's with post-seminary girls who came up from Ransom row and there was nothing going on. That's what we opened it up. So, so, what, the, what, what the terror is telling here is that when you light, when you, you're all looking at me and you're saying like, well, Ray Wallenstein, you, I'm trying to reach your whole week and you didn't answer. Right? You're like, what kind of schmooze are you giving here? Like, what kind of thought is this? You're right. But I'm only one human being. So it's a little bit hard. But, but what it does say is that if you are a, t- a rebbe of someone, that, that you have to take care of them, until the flame is on its own, then you can pull back. It won't go out. But if you just like give someone chizig and then you disappear on them, it's not going to last. And when I was preparing this share, I was thinking to myself that I'm talking about this all the time. In in addiction, in rehabs, thirty day rehab doesn't work. They have a ninety percent relapse. So you send a drug addict to Whatever the reason they're going to a rehab or a mental residential treatment center, right? my, my ranch is 90 days, minimum. You, you, if you want to say I'll come, some people call me up, yeah, can I come for the summer? Like it's camp, you know can I come for 30 days? Can I come for, like, can I come for a month and ride the horses? I'm like, no, it's 90 days. And 90 days in a rehab, it goes from 90% relapse to about 65 or 60% relapse. In Utah, they keep you for 12 to 14 months. And the relapse rate is 22.5%. So you're going from 90% to 22.5%. Why? Because even when you get better, you still have to learn how to be lit on your own. Without someone sitting with you and talking to you and giving you attention all day and doing art therapy and dance therapy and music therapy and horse therapy and yeah but when you come back into the world there's no horses around and you gotta go to work and there's no one sitting there and saying okay let's draw you know and let's go boxing and let's go kickboxing and let's go dancing and it's not like that so you have to learn what we call coping skills so that when you leave that environment you are able to burn on your own, to say you're able to handle yourself. And and that's one of the biggest problems. And so on a spiritual level, the Bahaloischa, instead of because lighting is not enough. The fire has to go up on its own. And then you can pull the match away and you don't have to worry about going out. But if you just strike a match, put it on the wick and take the match away, it can go out easily. Sometimes when you put the Shabbos candles, it happens. If you leave it there, you hold it there until it's burning. Then it's. it's um, I'll tell you something very interesting. I may be wrong. I may be right. I don't know, right? So, so um, it's a mitzvah for the man to have something to do with the hadlaka of the Shabbos candles because I don't know if all the women realize that when you light Shabbos candles right now, you are the kohen gadol. A person's house is the base of mikdash, but also li mikdash v'shachanti b'solchem. Hashem said, "There's going to be a time the basement is going to be destroyed. Make me a major of Hashem and I will dwell in you." What do you mean? You're going to dwell in me? You're going to dwell in the of mikdash? No, it's not going to be a basement mikdash. Say, Kham, I'm going to dwell in your house. So you have the shulchan. There's a shulchan the of mikdash. You have the shulchan. That's why no one's allowed to sit on the shulchan, right? All the different kalim that are in and the menorah, which the kohen gadol lit. He was number one. If he didn't want to do it a regular kohen could do it. That's the candelabra that you light on Shabbos. But the halacha is that the candelabra that you light on Shabbos is not allowed to have seven. You will never find, you shouldn't find, a Shabbos candelabra that has seven arms. Because the the the, the, the Beit had seven. So you're not allowed to have seven. Now, I just saw in, in the halacha that, let's say you have seven, but in one of them, you put a two-wick candle. So, actually, in a seven, you're lighting eight. Is that okay? The menorah has seven. And in one of the holders, you put a candle that has two wicks. So you're actually lighting eight. But the menorah has seven. Is it the candles or is it the candelabra? And they pass, and it's the candelabra. And therefore, even if you're lighting eight, it's not good. You're not allowed to do it. Because the candelabra is the menorah, and the menorah is not allowed to have seven. So you can have six and two, you can have six and one, you can have five and two, but not in the same candelabra. So I, I, I've I seen five, and then two separate ones. So you're not allowed to have seven. Why? Because it's considered menorah, but not the menorah of the Beis Amigdash. So, so when a woman lights the candles, right? So in the Beis Amigdash, every day, outside of lighting the candles, the Kayen had to clean out... The candelabra, there's ashes, there's wicks, right? So you have to clean it out like a, like a Hanukkah Manayra. So that was a special mitzvah. It was a mitzvah of light the candles. It was a mitzvah of cleaning out. So the husband, preparing, not cleaning out, preparing the candles. So the husband is supposed to prepare the Shabbos candles. So he gets the mitzvah of preparing. She gets the mitzvah of lighting. So how do we prepare? How do I prepare? So we light the wick of the candle... And then we we put it out so that when you light it the second time, already was burnt. I should I I didn't bring all my utensils here tonight. It lights up much faster. Otherwise, when the wick is new, lights doesn't light. You got to hold it there. But once it's black and it's burnt a little bit, then it lights much faster. So the husband's supposed to prepare the candles for the for the wife. So I thought to myself. So even if you learn right if you learn or you have a stretch right I'm, I'm like, today I met a girl whatever and she's um, very young and she has a boyfriend and the whole situation and I'm talking to her, and I said okay um, you got to be showing me the gear for the next three months totally show me the gear or I'm not helping you I'm not dealing with you so she said, what, ab- what about after the three months? She's very young. She's in 10th grade. Right? So what's going to happen after? I can't tell her to get married. Right? I said, after three months, we'll meet again and we'll talk about it. I'm not going to tell her two years because she won't do it. Right? Now, if Chas V'sholem, I'm not saying it should happen. Chas she falls. But if she kept three months, it's sort of like lighting the candle so I'm not. I'm of course. What's going to happen? I hope she's not listed in the shears. And when she comes in three months, we're like, "Wow, you did three months. You can do another three months." You don't tell someone that you go to rehab for three years. They're not going. You tell me going for thirty days. After thirty days, maybe we can stay another thirty days. You don't, you don't give a person such a huge mountain. But but we find that if if someone was able to stop something for a while, so it's sort of like light, so. Even if the if it goes out, to light it again is much easier. And your meet also. If you're, you're working on something, I'm not listening to Gaussian music for three months, for, for three, for, for three or for, when I was in Eric's Yisrael, I'm not listening to any Gaussian music. You come back and you start listening to Gaussian music, right? To stop it will be much easier than the first time you had to stop it. It's sort of like the candle that's prepared. Because you did it already, it's much easier to light up. So that's part of growth. And you know, it says that it's sadly full seven times, whatever it is, but that's part of whether we're gonna, we're gonna, Learned something very interesting tonight about this. Anyway, so so that's why it's called it's called bahaloesha not hadlaka because it wasn't good enough to light it. You have to wait until it goes up, and once you see it goes up, then 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 it's holding long enough. And therefore, yeah, it's 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 a rebbe's job to give the coping skills to the person to be able to stand on their own. The problem today is that that you know you you can't you you have to learn how to stand on your own because. Holding a child their whole life, they never even learn how to walk. You gotta let them go. When you let them go, they fall and they get a little bit hurt and they cry. But in the end, they're able to walk. When you teach a child how to ride a bicycle, his knees or her knees are going to get scraped or they're going to ride into a tree or into a bunch of bushes and fall in a bunch of thorn bushes and they're going to cry. But the second time they get on and the third time they get on, all of a sudden they're not falling off. So that's part of, part of growth is to, is to let go. But you have to, you can't just let go the first time. The first time the kid gets on the bike, right? You gotta let him run a while. So this is what the Torah is telling over here: that when you teach someone Torah, you can't just teach them and walk out on them. You have to wait till you see their self-growth, and and that's and that's how you measure. And once the person is able to self-grow, there's a certain point where you can let them go on their own. That's that's what we need to do. So that's why the word in the Torah here is not hadlaka, but Mahalaisla. Now. I talked about this in my book a lot on, on um on Hakar Satov. So there are upside down nuns. You can't really see it unless you see a Torah, which you girls don't get to see. But if you look at my chumish, you'll see that in Pajaba so there are two letters upside down, they're right here. They're upside down nuns. And they're they're showing these upside down nuns. Are showing a separate parasha the Torah. Really, when Mashiach comes, there are not five books, there's seven books. Because these two nuns by Ibn Sayyid is a book on its own. And once you split it up, you have these. So why are they upside down nuns? Why not Hays? Why not gimels? Why not Dalads? Why nuns? So there's a few reasons given. One, they stand for Nasavanishma. The two nuns stand for Nasavanishma. Another thing is very interesting, and all of, all of you who say ashray, so every pasik in ashray starts with a letter in the aleph base. Except one letter. There's one letter that you will not see in ashray starting off a pasik, and that's a nun. Because nun stands for neifel. Nun stands for falling. So, in the whole ashray, no pasik start. Ashray's an aleph, right? Everything has, has a letter. But nun, the letter nun does not start any Pesukim. Why? Because it means to fall. But, what's the, what's the letter after nun? Samach. What does it say in Ashrei? Ashrei? Soymech neiflim. So right after there's no nun, we say, soymech straighten up those who fell. So there's no nun, but there is a nun. The nun is after the word Samach. But we don't have neiflim by itself. Now, if you take the two upside down nuns, okay, and you put them together, you get a samach. Two upside down nuns put together gives you a samach, which is same, right? What the Torah is telling on the two upside down nuns is apart, apart, then the nachosh. They're the satan. But if the Jews get together and have Achtus. And help each other becomes a Samach. The two upside-down nuns become a Samach. And the Samach is saying, The Achdus of Klai Israel will bring back all those in Klai Yisrael who fell. Okay. Now, which brings me to a fantastic story that I wasn't going to tell you, but I'll tell you. I haven't said it in a long time. But I just want to get to the point on HaKarset. So it says the following. Remind me if I forget, because I'm ADD, to tell you a fantastic story about a king and a poor man and a sword made out of wood. Anyway, Vehi Hashem, and the nation started to complain. Yishma Hashem, and Hashem heard what they were saying. Vayichar became very angry. But and a fire came out. And of course, the minute something happens, what do they do? They run to Moshe. And the fire stopped. And they called it Tav Eira. Okay. Now, comes Klai and they have a different cry. We don't want this mun anymore, which was amazing. It was food that came from heaven. You didn't have to do anything. And whatever you wanted it to taste like, it tasted like. And you didn't have to go to the bathroom ever, because there was no psalis, there was no bad in it. Because his body separates the good and the bad. There's no bad in it. So you didn't have to go to the bathroom. And you said, actually, i 40 years. And it was amazing. It tasted whatever, it, and it filled you up. And every day you got it. No, we don't want it. Even though it tastes like lamb chops, tastes like duck, we want to feel the meat between our teeth. So they said, when are you giving us real meat, Moshe Benu? We want real meat. We want barbecues. We want ribs. We want lamb chops. We don't want this mun. Okay. We are, we remember the old days in the triumph was good days. We used to eat fish. Chilean sea bass and salmon and all kinds of herring, matches and cream sauce. It was, it was a life of Riley in the tribe. It was amazing. Free fish. You remember the cucumbers? The pickles? And you remember the watermelon? And all these different things. And did you, do you remember the onions, the garlic, all these different foods? Leeks, onions, and garlic. And now, we're dried up. It's nothing. We have nothing to anticipate in life. There's nothing girls to anticipate in life, said Chrysler, but the mun. What a boring life. Kafu Because Baruch was very upset. Doesn't usually say that. Hashem was very upset because there's nothing that makes God more angry than an ingrate, than a person who doesn't have Gratitude. This whole situation was really bad in the eyes of also never uses this lashon. In the eyes of Moshe Rabbeinu, this was this was really bad. But Hashem, the first time this ever happened, because Moshe Rabbeinu always defended Klal Shah, and he says the following: Why did you do this to me, Hashem? Why did you make me so miserable? And how you don't like me? Why did you put these people on my back? She never talked like that. But he could not handle ingrates. Coffee type. You're scared that the the Egyptians are going to kill you? No problem. You're scared you have no water? No problem. You want meat? Right? Even though we're giving you man? No problem. Don't tell me that in Mitzrayim it was better. Because they didn't get fish in Mitzrayim. They didn't even get straw, says Rashi. They didn't even get straw in Mitraim. What are you talking about? You got fish and water. Sounds like there was a big party. camp party. Fish and watermelon and lee, ah! They were being beaten. Their kids were being thrown into the Nile. The kids were being put in the wall. And now you're telling me, like, oh, the tribe was great. We don't like this. We, we, we. So that was what made Moshe Amenu very upset. You're scared? You want water? No problem. But you're ingrates, you're complaining about what I gave what, what what you're complaining about, what you're getting, the mud? Okay. So now Moshe Rabbeinu says something very interesting. He says, <laughs> and He said, Did I conceive these this this nation? Are they my Did I give birth to them? Are these my children? Did I give birth to them? Disama that you're telling me that I have to carry this nation like a woman who is nursing her child? Because he's is so, a like a woman who's carrying her child and nursing her? Him or her? we so. My said, where, where am I gonna get meat from these people? I don't got no meat out here. Girls, did they have meat? Did they have meat in the midbar That a crazy amount of meat! They came out of the shrine with goats and sheep and they had a compa- they had plenty of meat. No, 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 no. They didn't want to use their stuff. So the whole thing was just to complain. You've got meat, you can have lamb chops, you can have goat chops, you can have cow chops, you can have ox chops. You can have whatever you want. What are you complaining about? Go shush your animals. No. That's not, they weren't going there. So the question is, it's a chutzpah. Moshe Benu was saying to Hashem that I conceive these, that I conceive Christ, are they my children? Are you asking a question? Are you asking Hashem a question? Are they your children? You think Hashem doesn't know who your children are? You think Hashem doesn't know that they're not your children? What is he saying? What is he saying? It's like someone came up to me and says like, so how come you're not taking care of the, you know, or girls, you know, how come you're not uh, paying all their rents? Like, why aren't you paying all their rents, you know, all the apartments that they're in? Right, like, well, so you should be paying their rent, and so how can you didn't get every girl in a car? Like, come on! And why'd you pay their tuition? And how can you even, you know, you're not, you're not paying the Israeli trip? I'm like, are these my kids? I mean, I like them, and I'm teaching them, but I'm not paying their, their rent! I didn't give birth to them, they're not my daughters! Right? So like, would that be a little bit of a chutzpah, to say that to Hashem? Of course we know. was like, I know they're not your daughters. So what's going on over here? Shabbat was telling Hashem, I, I gave birth to them? Like, God, I didn't give birth to them. What is he saying? The fantastic, amazing, if you leave with this for Shabbos, this is worth everything. Shabbat wasn't a machutzif. That's someone that talked to Hashem What was he saying to Hashem? What was he saying to us? He was saying to us, I should take care of them. I should take care of them when they're coming to me and complaining and they're ingratitude, and they're a bunch of ingrates and they're making up stories about stuff in the that never even happened. I should take care of them? Are they my children? Well, Moshe Abednego is saying, but if they were my children, I'd have to take care of them. The reason he's telling Hashem, I don't have to take care of them, are they my children? They're not my children. What he's saying to all of us is, but if they are your children... And they're ingrates, and they're making up stories, and they're wrong, and they're bad. But if they're your children, you got to take care of them. He's only saying to Hashem, "I don't have to take care of them because they're not my children." But if they were my children, different story. So that's what he was telling us. Yeah, if you have a kid, it's an ingrate, doesn't appreciate anything, making up stories, all their stuff, right? So if it's not your children, your child, you can say, "Listen, what do you want from me?" But Moshe Beno is saying. Did I give birth? Did I conceive this child? Did I give birth? No, I didn't, so I'm not responsible. But if I would have, I'd be responsible. So that's what he's telling us. But what is he telling Hashem? He's telling Hashem, did I conceive them? Did I give birth to them? Are they my children? I'm not responsible to take care of this, but they're your children. So you are. That's what he was telling Hashem. Are they my children? Did I conceive? No, they're not my children. So, I don't have to carry them on my back, but you Hashem, Banamat Tamar Hashem, we're his children, you gotta take care of them Hashem. So, I don't, I can't take care of them, but they're your children. So Moshe Ben was talking to us as parents, that if they were my children, I would have to deal with this, and he was talking to Agarj Barakhu and saying, they're not my children, I didn't conceive them, but you conceived them, and they're your children, and therefore, you have to forgive them, even though they're being really bad. And really being ingrates, and they're not appreciative of anything, and they're complaining about what you're doing for them, and they're saying that, that the Mitzrayim was amazing, right? You gotta take care of them. It was a fantastic thing that Moshe Abedin was saying over here. A lesson to us, and he was talking to a Baruch. Now, you know, every time I give a share, something happens on that day. Rabbi, Rabbi Pesach Kroll said, I don't understand, how do you give a different share every week? Like, first of all, I wait two years and I give it over anyway, but whatever. He says, you have so many, as I said, cause every day, I don't know, every time I go to speak, something happens. So, on my way out of my office today, my son-in-law came over to me and he said, I want to tell you something I heard, said over in Ram Nachman's name. Cause today's actually, my father, Lashon, passed away 20 years ago, but June 19th is his birthday. So in the office, he was saying that if he was alive, he'd be 88. He died at 67, 21 years ago. But he was born in 1931, June nineteenth, 1931. So we're talking in the, in, the, in the office about birthday. And he would have been 88, okay? So he didn't make it to 88. But anyway, so because we're talking about birthdays, my son law said, I have to tell you something that I heard over from Rav Nachman, which you must tell everybody. It's so, it's so unbelievable. And I want to quote what he said. So we were talking about birthdays. This is to everybody. The day you were born, each one of us, the day that you were born, your birthday, was the day God decided that the world can't exist without you. Wow. Again, the day you were born was the day God decided, Hashem decided, that the world can't exist without you. Because if it could, you wouldn't have been born. So now, on that subject, that's a huge subject. Yeah, that's huge. That's a huge chizik and a huge responsibility. So, otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And I keep saying that if you didn't, if you didn't need to be here, you wouldn't be here. So people are like, "I have no use in the world. I have, I don't, I have no reason to be here." I'm like, "Then you wouldn't have gotten up this morning because God has no extra pieces on the board." It's like me. You know, I'm very bad at, fix, at, at putting things together. I'm Jewish. We hire people to put things together. We don't put things together, right? So, but a few times in my life, I had models, model airplanes, and other things that came to the house and you had to put them together. And for some reason, the manufacturers of what, what I had to put together always had one of two things, missing a piece or too many pieces, which meant that I didn't read instructions because they're never missing a piece and they never have too many pieces. I'm very bad, you know, at um, pretty bad at, at, at putting things together. Hashem is not bad at putting things together. There's no one extra in this world. There is no extra pieces. When you are not needed, you are not here. And there are no pieces missing. So if you woke up this morning and you are here, it is your job and your mission to figure out why. Why am I here? And if you come up with, I don't know, then you need to work on it even harder. Because if there was no reason for you to be here, he doesn't have It's not like me putting putting something together. Oh, I got two nails. Why don't I, do I have two screws? I'm left with an extra screw. They must have sent me an extra No, they don't send you an extra screw. It just means you just have to take the whole thing apart again, and there's one piece in there that you didn't put a screw with that needed one, and the whole thing's going to fall apart. No, no, God doesn't do that. There's not a blade of grass. There's not a blade of grass. There's not a hair on your head that doesn't have to be there. Because if it doesn't have to be there... It's not there. That's the way Hashem created the world. So yes, the day you were born, it means that the world could not exist without you. And that's why, in Breslev and in Lubavitch, birthdays are very, very big. Very, very big. Lubavitch, they made the, the, the Rebbe used to make a tish, whatever. It's a very, very big day. Because that day you came into the world and that piece that was missing is you. Godless. But, you have to do ishtadlus. You can't just sit and say, okay, then, if I'm necessary, then I'm just going to sit on my bed and, you know, Hashem's going to tell me why I'm necessary. you got to go out and figure out, what are you good at? You know, what are you good at? I said this, I said this a while ago, and I just said it, because there's a girl that's very sick right now, she's on life support, she's brain dead, she's on life support, whatever, very sad story, very, very sad story. So, there was a whole talk about it, there were people talking, whatever, and I said that, so they said, like, they don't understand the halacha, that, you know, if you're brain dead, and you know why? Just let us sit in all these machines, and and I said that, that 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 even a person who's brain dead, a person who's on all these machines, they also have a reason to be in this world, or they wouldn't be here. They would also be gone. And and sometimes the reason is that people should come visit them and do the mitzvah or say tehillim, and say tehillim for that person to get better. Okay, so that's that you're here for a reason, that that person's causing you to say Tehillim, or well, thousands of people saying saying Tehillim, and people are coming to visit, and they're being Mavak which is a very big mitzvah. So through them, they're getting a mitzvah. There's nothing extra, girls. There's nothing extra. And maybe, it's a little deeper than what I'm about to say, but maybe that's why suicide is such a terrible thing. Because you're taking a piece out of the world that still should be there. So you're throwing the whole thing off. What do you mean? What do you mean you're throwing the whole thing off? How can you throw Hashem's whole thing off? Whatever, it, whatever he'll see, he knows how to fix it, right? But that person who's supposed to be here when they remove themselves, right? On purpose, to remove themselves from the world, not because they have mental illness or whatever it is. They're like, Hashem, I am taking my life because you don't control life. The suicide that, that the Torah talks about, that's such a big alveyor, is not someone who's depressed and anxious and, and on drugs and, 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 and depressed. It's a person who's an apichurus, who gets up on a mountain, who gets up and says, I'm normal, I'm fine, but you are not going to run, God. You don't, you think you run the world? I'm going to show you I could run the world, and I'm going to do something that you can't stop me from doing. It's an apichurus. That's the suicide that the Torah talks about. That's a very bad thing. I mean, altogether it's not a good thing, don't get me wrong, but that's what it's talking about. Not someone who's depressed and in a very bad place and can't take the pain anymore. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about a person who gets up and says, I'm going against you, I I'm going against you and I'm going to show you you give life, I could take life. I'm just as big as you are. That's an apicirus. That's that's an avera. That's a huge avera. Anyway, let's let's so 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 there's, yeah, there's a there's a piece missing. When a person leaves this world and they're supposed to be in this world. You're you're an important piece. What that piece is, yeah, you have to figure it out. But there's a reason you're here. And there's not you don't get up in the morning if you're not supposed to be here. Guaranteed you don't get up in the morning. A lot of people don't get up in the morning, they're not they don't need to be here anymore. They're in the next world. They're in the next world. So But you have to you have to do something, you can't just sit there. I want to read you something from the Medrish on Shir Which is a fantastic story. And he says a story like this: When they were building the base hamikdash, there was a very, 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 very poor person. That Khanina, his name was Chanina. So he saw he had no money, and he saw that people in his town were going to the base hamikdash, and they were bringing sacrifices. he said, "Kula malam Everyone's bringing korbanos to Yushalayim. And I'm not going to bring anything to Yushalayim. Ma asked, what'd he do? He went to the desert outside his house, outside his city. And he saw a huge boulder, huge boulder. He, um, he chiseled it. Till he made it square, like a brick. Omar, he said, "Now I got to get this rock to the Beis Hamikdash; they could use it in the wall of the Beis Hamikdash." So he went to look to find workers to take this huge rock to Yerushalayim. So he said, "Would you take this stone for me to Yerushalayim?" He couldn't lift it. Give us a hundred gold coins. <laughs> he said to him, Yo the reason I'm bringing the stone is because I don't have any money. If I had money, I'd bring animals. Not a not a hundred gold coins. That's a hundred gold coins. The reason I'm doing this is because I don't have any money. I'm a going to get a hundred gold coins, a chemishim or fifty, to give you anything. Okay, they said, bye-bye. If you ain't got the money, we're not doing it. That this person wanted so badly to bring something to Yushalayim for him, for Hashem. So he sent Chamisha Malachim. He sent them five angels, with the B'nei Adam, disguised as humans. Like the angels who came to Abraham Avinu. Vino. they said to him, Rabbi, hey Rabbi, take little Chamisha Islam. Give us five pennies. Not, not, not fifty gold or a hundred gold. Just give us five cents. And we'll take your stone to Yerushalayim. So they were angels. And they said, again, you got to have some flus in the game. So you got to give us five pay. They could have done it for free, they're angels. But they said much more than that. And this is a very important lesson for everyone. Ubal Vad said these five angels. Look, he didn't know they were angels. He thought they were humans. On one condition, we'll take this stone to Yerushalayim. Shetitein yadcha imanu. You put your hand with us underneath the stone. He put his hand under the stone. He had no power to lift it. Nothing. It was a boulder. When And in one second, they were in Yushalayim. Strange. He put his hand under the boulder and they were in Yerushalayim. He wanted to pay them the five pennies. He had five pennies. He couldn't find them. They were gone. They did their job. They were gone. He didn't know what to do because he was a tzaddik and he owed these guys money and now what is he going to do? It's it's Geneva. How's he going to give the stone? If the guys to, who brought it there, he stole from. So he went to Besdin in the Lishkas Hagados. It seems to be us, Rabbi. After looking at your stone, no human being is going to carry that stone. It seems to be that God sent angels. And um they brought the stone to Yisholeim. Miyad, immediately, he took the five cents out, he gave it to the judges, that he, that he was going to pay these angels, and they gave it to Tzedakah. Why did I tell you this story? I tell you the story because there's an expectation in this generation that everyone has to do everything for you. Even when Hashem sends his help, he sent five angels even when he sends his help, the angels knew that the stone won't move unless the rabbi puts his hand on the stone. You have to do something. You can't just sit back and do nothing. Can you lift the stone? No. Can you really find yourself a shidduch? No. No, only Hashem could find you a shidduch. But you have to try. You can't just sit back and do nothing. So they said put your hand and pay a little bit. You have to have flutes in the game. If you have fluce in the game, because you will will do miracles. But if you have no fluce in the game, they didn't need him. It's a joke that he put his hand under the stone. They didn't need him at all. Yes, because you have to put your hand under the stone. You have to help. You have to help. You can't expect your therapist to help you, and your rabbi to help you, and everybody to help you. If you don't want to help yourself, you got to help yourself. Then your rabbi, and whatever you need to help you can help you. But if you want to sit there and not put your hand under the stone, the stone's not going to move. All right, got my points. Got my points. Whoever needs it got it. All right, let's talk to a couple of minutes. A little scary, but let's talk a little bit about Mashiach. It's been a subject that's uh, been discussed this week, and I'd like to tell you some happy stuff and some scary stuff. So this is a Medrash Rabba in Pasha's boat. and he says, "Mashiach, what's going to be? What's going to be when?" Mashiach comes, and there's a new world. There are ten new things that are going to happen when Hashem brings Mashiach in the next world. What, 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 what will it be? There won't be a regular sun during the day. There's going to be this R that God hid in the beginning of the world, that underneath this sunlight, this this sunlight or whatever you want to call it, nothing will wilt, nothing will get old. People will not get old. Nothing will die. Nothing will rot. There'll be no rot in the world. There'll be no rust in the world. To, to leave your banana out in the sun, it'll stay the way it is. It won't get old. Nothing is going to get old. <speaking> And the, the the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. I don't understand what that means exactly because it means there's no night. Can you sleep when there's no night? But isn't it much uh, not such a restful sleep in the light? right? And the sun will have another unbelievable power. The sun a uh, few no matter a person gets sick with any sickness because. Hashem was it to the sun, umarapa. It will heal any, and anyone under this sun will be healed. No, no one's asking me the question. We know that already. How would you get sick? Oh. <laughs> Why do I need the sun to heal me? After Mashiach, nobody's supposed to get sick. Could this mean that the people who are, who are living at the time of Mashiach and they are sick, and the sun will come out and will heal them? In other words, not the not the but the regular the regular person would be. That's what it seems to be. That's how it's explaining it. All right. So that's one. This this sun. Two. Again. So it must be, when Mashiach comes, all the people that are sick are going to need a refusal. There's going to be water, a spring, coming out of Yushalayim. And anyone who's sick will drink from this and will live and will be, again, if the sun's doing it, why do you need the water? So he says the following. For some reason that person... Doesn't have the schust that the sun will fix him. El berchitzes hamayim. The wash, the water, right? The washing of the water will will. We get them a refuah. Okay, that's two, three. Ice. What? Three. I see. Let us leave. Take the papers and be cold. Chayyim chayyim. Other ichol mayim with rapay. The trees will no longer have seasons. But at the end of every month there will grow new fruit. So instead of having one peach season where you get peaches in the summer, you're gonna get a peach every you're gonna get the tree's gonna grow every single month, it's gonna produce fruit. Now, the people who are not misrapping from the sun and not misrapa from the water, Adam, the Mehem, echalmehemul masrapa. The fourth thing is rabbis in the war of Mashiach where many cities will be destroyed. They will all be rebuilt. There will be no destroyed city in the world. Right now you can't build, I don't know if you've been down to the Dead Sea, but you can't build the Srim cities. He says, even Srim and Amara are going to be built. The whole Yerushalayim will be built with sapphire. Can you imagine? The walls of Yerushalayim, everything will be a beautiful blue, right? Sapphire is blue beautiful blue sapphire. Okay? Does anyone really care? You will when you see it. He says, because these stones will, the reflection of the stone will be so bright like the sun and the doyim will, will come just to see the sight. Hashish the sixth one that the cow and the beer will live together. In other words, animals will not be killing animals anymore. Hashvias the seventh, who maybe call Achayas, the Chala Oifays, the Chala Rama Shem, the Kares Imam Bris UvImcha Yisroel, the wild animals, the birds, the creepy crawlers. That's it. They're not eating each other anymore. They're all becoming friends. Hashminis sheein Oi bechiv alaylo elam. There'll be no more crying. Mitz Hashem, there'll be no more crying and wailing in the world. Hachi, the ninth is enoid mava spiralum, because it says bila mava sanetzach. Most Hashem will There'll be no more death in the world. Ten, hasir she'enoid le'hanochav le'hanochav le'yogon. There'll be no more depression in the world. You don't have no more medicine. There'll be no more depression in the world. Allah hakol smeichim. Everybody's going to be happy. One happy world. Shunem, like it says, Rabbi, why are you telling us all this? Do you see Mashiach here? The answer is, I do. And how do I know Mashiach's here? Let me find it for you. How do I know Mashiach's Here... When he's forty. The 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 it's a Zaya. The Zayah says when he's forty, it happened already. He's he's already forty. He's forty, he's gonna be in a cave, there's gonna be a fire, whatever it is. It's gonna be revealed that he's Mashiach. Mashiach is now in the other world. He's not here. He's in Ghana then. Whether it's Ghanaian Taksin, Ghanaian alien, whatever, it's all Kabbalah stuff, whatever it is, but it says there's a huge a huge castle, whatever that means. And Hashem is there, and a very broken poor man sits there too. And who's the broken poor man is Mashiach. Because so it says when Mashiach comes, it'll be a poor man on a donkey. So he's, he did that already. He's went through that already. He knows who he is. He does know who he is. Now, hey Wallstein, you can't, you can't get up and say that you know there's two Mashiachs. Mashiach Ben Yosef, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. Mashiach ben Yosef is going to get killed in the war before before Mashiach ben David. Mashiach ben Yosef is going to get killed. The whole world is going to be against us, and he's going to get killed. And Mashiach ben David is then going to come, and he's going to save us. Hashem is going to save us, but Mashiach ben David. Mashiach ben David's name in the Gemara says Menachem, and he's born on Tishah Okay, and Rabbi Wallstein is Rabbi Wallstein. Well, Hashem, I'm not a guy, but a big shot right whilst he knows one hundred percent, one billion percent, one trillion percent that he's not Mashiach. So I am not Mashiach. How do I know I'm not Mashiach? Because I'm a kohen. Mashiach comes from Yehuda. And Kohanim come from Levi. So question is if you were given a choice to be a Kohen or Mashiach, what would you choose? My father would have choose kohen for sure. So, I don't know, I'd, ha- I'd have to think about it a little bit, but, all uh, right, listen carefully. You tell me, girls, you tell me at the end of this year, you tell me at the end of this year if Mashiach's here, okay? I'm going to tell you the symbols of the times of Mashiach, and you're going to tell me if he's here. Okay, you ready? It says the following. Rabbeinu Amah, David sheben David ba. When the tzaddikim of the door, when the when the when the David, the son of David, which means Mashiach comes, Chachmei the Gedolim, to meet the cholchom and meisrim will will have died. And the ones that are left, are going to be dealing with tzoros rabbis, beroyos rabbis, Bois alat zibor. The ones that are left, the tzaddikim that are left, they're going to be dealing all day with the pain, terrible pain and saris that's happening in the in Klai Yisrael. There is and And there's going to be very bad edicts against them. Okay. Amar Avnerai. Avnerai says, and this is why I know Mashiach's here. Darsha ben David Bar, the generation that Ben David, Mashiach is going to come. The young generation will be very abrasive to the older generation. The young generation will embarrass the old generation. Until the faces of the older generation... Will turn white from embarrassment. And instead of the young getting up for the old, the old will get up for the young, to give them coverage because of the chutzpah of this generation, which is growing. And the the, the COVID of the young people, the rakim and their emptiness all from any yoke, they can do whatever they want. They don't want to go to school in eighth grade, I'm not going to school. Do whatever I want, Ma, you can't do nothing, and if you say something, I'm going to say abuse, and I'm going to call child services, and and have a good day, and I'm going to put you in jail, Ma, and I'll do whatever I want, Give me my iPad. Yeah. Yeah. He says the following. A daughter will have chutzpah towards her mother. A daughter in law will have chutzpah to her mother in law. The greatest enemy of the parents will come from within their own home. What's that mean? The chutzpah in the house. The young ones will. Make fun of will embarrass the older. Uben eno Children will not be embarrassed from their parents. is piv to open his fresh mouth. with And to yell at his parents for their ways. The emo, the daughter will do this to her mother. and the daughter-in-law will do this to her mother-in-law. And the people of the house, the kids of the house, instead of showing honor and love to the, his parents, they'll become their worst enemies. From the chutzpah of from this generation. And this, these words I'm saying before the coming of Moshiach, she can because that is what the Pasuk and the Torah says. And I wrote a big wow next to it because it's exactly what's happening. And he goes on. What else is going to happen? To they will turn to atheism. And they will follow The leaders that are making huge mistakes, they will deny the Torah that it was ever given. They'll say someone made it up, and they will deny a relationship between Klai Yisrael and God. That's what's going to happen. And this is a sign of Mashiach. You ready for this? The aim nobody in that generation will accept criticism. No rabbi will be able to get up and tell the young generation what they need to do. There'll be nobody to give discipline or criticism. Because they'll all be sinning. And if they get up to give criticism, to this young generation. amra um, lo the people of that generation will say to the rabbi Atta Kamaini, What are you telling me what to do? You're just like me. And this is a sign. Abba Shapan of Dail that this is the Gemara, that said the the door of the, the Mashiach won't come until the generation will have a face of a dog. Omer Levi, Levy, Eimboi David Bar El Bedor Shepanad D- David Mashiach Ben David won't come until there'll be a generation that their faces are full of chutzpah. That's what he says. And he says, if you see two generations, one after another, let's what he's saying here. Omer Av Yanai, Dor Tiredor Achador Mecharif M'Gadaysh, if you see two generations in a row that are full of chutzpah Azus Ukfirah, klap Shech, that the two generations in a row that are full of chutzpah and azus and atheism, the clapah you saw a clap when David, right? Then you know. Expect to hear the 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 footsteps of Mashiach. And he says, max no, he doesn't, he says, that's the time. That means that's it. Ma- oh, that's the, that's what he, and he says, he says, and in the end, and in the end, when comes, basre, what does it say right after all this terrible stuff? Baruch Hashem le'alam amen ame. Blessed is Hashem forever. A main king Yeretzon. song. This one? This generation has their hearts? For anybody? For anybody? They take criticism from anybody? It's kids tell their parents. Tell, kids tell their parents, "Ma, it's your jaw. It's not bad. It's just it's generations. It's not. It's not only the Jews. It's not the Jews. It's the whole. It's the whole generation. Older people have nothing to say today. Older people, you're old. You're old. I got up once and said something. They're like, you're a prehistoric, Rabbi. You're talking against those people. Those people you're talking about. Those people, you're not liberal, Rabbi. You're prehistoric. You have. A, you have a dinosaur." You live with the dinosaurs, Rabbi? You're in a cave. I got all the emails that they hey, well, see you come out of your cave. So I got up and said something against the liberals. Come out of your cave. Rabbi, we can't say what's on our mind. What else? What's on my? I, I spoke about Zumba once, and they, they threw me out of every shul in the United States. I got up and I said something about Zumba. I just said, girls, you don't listen to non-Jewish music. You shouldn't go to Zumba because that music's like you know provocative, and the movement is provocative. And I got it, and I sent it to Belzumeri Sackel girls, and it went online, and the whole YouTube, and and I have lost people, people who I asked to give me money from the more modern people. If you Google Rabbi it, seen it talks about the whole Zumba thing, and they're like, "I'm not giving you money. How could you get up and talk against Zumba?" It's like the biggest avirah. It's like I said, like I said, you should you should kill somebody. You say you kill somebody, that's okay. Zumba, don't mess with Zumba. And people sent wrote to me, people from people. What do you mean? I, I was, I, I had, I had, I was going after that to speak in different cities and I got cancellations. I said, why? He because the Rebbe of the Schul teaches Zumba. And you, <laughs> and you got up and spoke against it. And I went to a store in Borough Park. I was eating lunch and a bunch of women attacked me. They said, what are you doing? You do? I said, well, we're a Zumba group. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't say anything today. You can't say nothing. Rabbi said, we have to be so careful. That's your shalom. The chutzpah that children have for their parents today—it's not normal. It's not normal. And the, and it's not getting rewarded. It just comes. To, it's, it's just that's that's the world is. The, the, you know, every generation gets worse, not better. So that's what she said. It says in the Torah, you'll either get Mashiach because you earned it, or you're gonna get Mashiach because if I don't bring Mashiach now, there'll be no one to bring it to. No, no, no. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know that. And I have to say, there's another. There is another side to it. And the other side to it, it's important to understand. The other side to it is that just like there's never been chutzpah like this, has never been chutzpah like this. There's never been chutzpah like this. It never existed in the Holocaust. I mean, my my my, my mother-in-law and myself growing. up, there's no such thing. You never answered your parent back, ever, ever. You answered your parent back. You 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 not a fear that they're going to beat you up. It's my father. It's in a spodic world, your father walks in, your mother walks in, you stand up, right? There's a, there's a certain derech eretz for parents and for older people and for rabbis. People talking shul. Rabbi gets up to speak to say about to Torah. The whole shul's talking. I'm like, shut up, Rabbi. We're here to enjoy your shul and eat your herring and, and 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 have a kiddush club and and have a party. Who are you? Some guy with a beard? I want. I can eat your food. I'm not listening to what you have to say. Who listens? In the street, in the park, Where are they listening? Who's listening to anyone? Everyone knows better. Everyone is smarter. Because, because, at the same time, there's never ever in the, there's there's never, there's never been such a chutzpah Even if you read about the destruction of the Beis Hamidish, everything, all the stuff that we went through, Spanish Crusades, you don't read in any of those stories that the kids were chutzpah to their parents. No. But at the same time, never since since the creation of the world Was there a generation that did so much tzedakah? Never. Ever. Not in Europe, not in Spain, nowhere. Not not only tzedakah money, but physical. Bikkah Cholim, Chai Lifeline, Barney Olam, A-Time, I can't even name them all. Right, from all the different, there's nothing wrong in in the Jewish world that's not, that's not, that doesn't have some type of organization taking care of them. You go, you go to a hospital, you walk into the Bikkah Cholim, you think you're in a, in a supermarket, sandwiches and soups, and it's like not normal. It's not normal, and and just taking people to hospitals and and being there for the old people and 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 being there for the organizations for the Down syndrome and for the autistic kids and and this organization I went to on Shabbos for blind and for the kids who can't hear. There's no there's no sickness. There's no problem in Klai that we don't have a tzedakah for. It never existed before. There was never hatsala. There was never hatsala. There, there was never shomrim. Never existed at Sola. You what? Yeah. But that is that a simon that is coming? This is like a simon, because this is not normal. It's not normal what's going on in the world today. It's not. It's not normal. You're watching what's happening. You're watching what the world, it's not normal. So, so the, the Gemara says, the Tana said, I'd rather not live in the times of Mashiach. Right? I'd rather not be there when they go, because it's, it's a hard time. Not a hard time that it was an atom bomb and I'm going to die and I'm going to... No. That's nothing that you have to worry about. It's a hard time that the Jewish people have to go through divorce and kids and and, and, and and kids off the derech and cancer and all the stuff that we're going through. It's a hard time because there's not that much time left in the world. So the gugulim, the and everything that has to happen has to happen in 200 and what? What do we have left? Um, uh, 61 years. So you think we're For sure. Nobody would put up with this. You're right, so that's it, Yeah. so there's, there's two sides to us. There's, there's always two sides to us. Moshe Abeinu, Moshe in the worst, always... in the worst of era, we're good, are we good or bad? We're, we're Hashems like we said before. We're Banamatamla Hashem. So with Moshe Abeinu, and that, we'll loop, we'll loop, I'll let you go after this, we'll loop the whole share. We'll loop the whole share. So you're asking a question, are we good or are we bad? So Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, in even if they're bad to the bone, they're your kids. And if they're your kids, you gotta take care of them. You gotta carry them. That's what he told us this week's Pasha. He said, if they were my children, what do you want from me? They're not my children. But if they were my children, as bad as they are, complaining about the fish, which will be chutzpah, right, complaining about the mon, Hashem gave them mud, you don't understand. It came down in the morning and it tasted whatever you wanted and it filled you up and you didn't have to go to the bathroom, you'd have stomach cramps. You had no it, it was the perfect food. It went, it said it went through your whole body because it was it was a shovel food. They went, That was the bracha. And then you turn around and say, I want my fish and my watermelon and my pickles that I used to get for free. WHAT you do the chapa smack you talk like that to me. Right? So Roshabinu said, one second, Hashem. That's if they're not your kids, if you're your kids, you're yeah. like, my kid, I gotta deal with it. So yes, all this stuff, the chutzpah and all the stuff that we're going through, but at the end of the day, we are children. And if we are children, you know, focus on the good stuff, not on the you know, focus on the comment in the back of the report card. Yeah, I failed everything, I failed all my regions. And, but in the back of the, the report card, it says, but, de- but he's not doing well in his school stuff, but he's a pleasure to have in class. So Todd, forget the insider, but just look at that. Don't open the report card. Just look at the comment in the back. Look at that. I'm a pleasure to have in class. That's it. So we tell Hashem, that's what we're doing. And we yeah, it's it's Yeah, it's and, and you know what? And you know what? Most you have Benu's defense, in the worst of that we ever did was the Ego. He goes up to get the Torah, right? The Torah. You already came out of a Mitzrayim. You saw all the Makkahs. You came out of Kriyas Yamsoth. You saw a crazy miracle, right? Now you're at the ultimate point. You're getting the Torah. You prepare for it for three, you're ready, right? You're getting the Torah. And you made an Eyal? It's compared in the Gemara. It's compared in the Medrish. A man goes to his wedding. You know who comes down, who goes down first? The man walks down first. He walks down first, right? And he's standing under the chuppah, and the kids walked down, everybody walked down already, and he's waiting for the collar. And he's waiting for the collar. And he's waiting for the collar. And he's like, uh-oh, I think she uh, panicked. She's not coming. He says, hold on, I'll get her. And he goes to the room, the collar's room, and she's in there with another man, doing the worst thing you could ever imagine. What would happen? He's not marrying her. He might kill her, but he's not. He's definitely not. He's definitely not marrying her at my wedding, at my chuppah. <gasps> you, 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 sleeping with another guy at my chuppah. That's sick. That's what we did. Mountain Tyra, at the chuppah, <laughs> which is bring the ring, bring the ring, which is the luchos to get married. The ring bearer, come in, ring bearer, and there was an angel. And what would they do with Diego? The they were dancing. That's what, that's why Hashem, that's why Moshe Beno threw him down. If you're bowing down to an Ego to be no, no, you were partying. It's like, oh, they thought Moshe Beno was dead, they saw the Satan, they panicked, he didn't come down, we don't have a leader, we need a leader. Moshe Bero wouldn't have broken the Luchos, it says. But when he saw they were dancing, no, 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 you're not, that, that, that's not about being worried. You're partying with another woman? With another, while you're at the chuppah? Boom! Hashem says, that's it. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. This is over. Hashem Beno said, it's such a beautiful medrash." Okay, okay. Before you like wipe them out, because that's what they deserve, before you wipe them out, don't divorce your first wife until you find the second wife. In other words, because you're going to be left for nothing. So let's go, me and you, Hashem, let's go through the world. You're right, they messed up. They messed up big. Let's go find another nation that will accept you. And they went through the other, the, and Hashem said, she's better than anything else I could get. And he said, you said, good, I forgive her. So, the end of the day, girls, after everything the Medras says, which is true, a lot of it is true, the bottom line is God, okay, okay. You you don't think we deserve Mashiach? So go to all the other, go to the Muslims and go to the Hindus and go to the Buddhists, go to all the other ones. See if you could find a nation that has Hatzalah, that has everything that we do. That after they didn't go through Crusades, Spanish Inquisition, destruction of two temples, the Greeks, the Greeks, the Romans, the Babylonians, everybody hates us. Who hasn't killed us, right? all the stuff that we've gone through, and then six million of us, six million died, six million Jews, never in the history, was six million of one religion destroyed. Six million Jews, and instead of saying, God, have a good day, we're not chosen, you're not, we've had it, they went, and to this day, they're learning, they Their goals, what are they're davening three times a day, they're weighing tefillin, they're weighing 6s they're davening to Hashem, they're telling you how much they love you, all the kids are in school, Hashem is everywhere, you So before you get angry at us, Avina Malkeinu, you look at your choices of all the game in the world, and then Hashem says, I'll keep them. They're keepers. That's why Meshach's going to come. That's why he's going to come. At the end of the day, there's no, there's no nation, no one has put up with what we put up. Nobody. And stuck, like we stick. And we stick. And we stuck. yet, we lost a lot of people in the Holocaust. But the people that get out of the Holocaust, they came to America, and they, they built yeshivas, and they sent their kids to yeshivas, not to public school. And they didn't have a dime, and they kept Shabbos, and they got fired every Shabbos, and they fought, and they kept it. And look at it today. So yes, we have kids off the derech, but we got a lot of kids on the derech. And yes, we have a lot of people that are mechutzofim, but we also have a lot of people that have derech eretz. So yes, it's a very hard generation. At the end of the day, that's what Meshav was saying. I, nursed, I, gave, I conceived them? I didn't conceive them. But, he says in the Pesach, am I a woman who's nursing her child? You are nursing your child. You are the one who gives Klai Israel their strength. You are the woman who's nursing their child, so you've got to carry us. That's what he's telling her. A woman who nurses her child, she doesn't put her child on the table and nurse them. She holds them when she nurses them. She, can't, she doesn't nurse them without holding them. So she holds them first, then she nurses them. So he's saying to her, "Kodesh I'm not a woman that nurses my child, but you are. You are nurse. You're a nurturer. You're nurturing clients. Well, well, guess what? You can't nurture them without holding them. So you need to hold us. And if and if you talk like that, then then you, you you can't give up on us. And that's the chesed. And that's why I say Baruch Hashem Amen, Amen. yes." No, next week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.